Welcome to episode three of the Section K podcast. On today's episode, we discuss results from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. We chat a bit about the cattlemen's cutting in Graham, Texas that gets rolling this week. And we also discuss the quick turnaround or gauntlet between these last few shows. We also add a little bonus sports talk. First, I would like to introduce a new segment that we will be bringing you at least once a month. Colburn, what do you have for us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fastest two and a half minutes in the sport of cutting, where we cover the top riders in the world standings from the 2000 Limited Rider all the way up to the Elite Open Division. This segment is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all the sales at the NRCHA and NCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you are looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. At the 2018 NCHA Fraternity, Western Bloodstock provided the sale of Highbrow CD, a horse that had a legendary show career, lifetime earnings of 502000 2007 Fraternity Champion, 2008 Horse of the Year, and inducted into the 2008 NCHA Horse Hall of Fame. The 2018 Western Bloodstock Fraternity Sale also brought you the incredible moment when record-setting two-year-old Tin Man put chills into all the spectators with a sale session never seen before. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, westernbloodstock.net. The standings in the 2000 Limited Rider, second, Aiden Bernhagen, first, Aaron V., in the 5,000 novice non-pro, second place, this is a third r- rider, Christine King. First place, dual rider, and rider is Catherine Whitby. 5,000 novice horse, second place, Rockin' Smart, ridden by Brady Davis. First, this is a third, ridden by Mike Wood. 25 novice non-pro, second place, Superfly, ridden by Kathy Bro. First place, D-Mac Wise Guy, ridden by Mary Bradford. 25 novice horse, second place, One Smooth Scooter, ridden by Tim Smith. Also in first place is Tim Smith riding Pepto Scootin' Man. 15,000 amateur. Second place, Raven Benjamin. And in first is Larkin McBride. 35,000 non-pro. In second place is Jane Spiegel. In first place is Galvin Clark. In the 50,000 amateur. Second place is Joseph Kalt. And in first place is Danica P. Junior youth standings. Riley Ferris with 13 points from Madisonville, Texas. Fourth place is Cash Ashlock with 24 points from Abilene, Texas. Third place is Barrett Freeland, with 39 points from Jennings, Louisiana. And in second place is Mackenzie Cowan, with 46 points from Ardmore, Oklahoma. And in first place in the junior youth standings currently is Brindley Lippincott, with 48 points from Cypress, Texas. In the senior youth, we have a three-way tie from sixth to fourth place, with 10 points. And it's Michael S. from Parallel, Texas. Kaslin W. from Quinn Creek, Arizona. Third place is Reagan Tipton with 12 points from Kingwood, Texas. Second place is McCray Hurst, 13 points from Colorado City, Texas. And in first place is Clay Dukes with 27 points from Weatherford, Texas. In the non-pro standings, fifth place is Ken Schultz. Fourth place is Ryan Rapp. Third place is Elizabeth Quirk. In second place is Mary Jo Milner. And in first place is Allie Good. In the open standings, fifth place is Something to Believe in with Brett McLaughlin. Fourth place is Cataloo, also with Brett McLaughlin. Third place, Too Smart a Cat with Tim Smith. And in second place is Fancy Ray with Chris Hansen. First place in the open division is CR Gotcha 
covered in tearing rice. Heck yeah, buddy. I'm going to really enjoy that segment right there. That's kind of fun to go through and hear some horses' names that I recognize. I know I heard This Is A Third in there, DMAC Wise Guy, a couple handful of others that I recognize. Good job, CBL. Thanks for giving us a little world standings update right there. That was sweet. Yes, sir. Did you guys see that Beach Fork joined up in the Highbrow Cap Partnership here just recently? I think the, they announced that yesterday. Yeah, that Big was news. interesting. Uh, that's going to be crazy to see what they uh, decide to do with him. Jeffrey Sheehan has rode quite a few Highbrow Cats, too, and it seems like it's kind of one of his horses of choice is riding highbrow cats too so that's i bet jeffrey's pretty excited about that yeah all spuds definitely cracked the herd on a couple good ones started by hbc that's for sure be looking out for some more updates about the highbrow cat partnership with the beach fork ranch coming soon through cutting horse central um i know they're planning on broadcasting a press conference and kind of letting everyone uh know what what's come what's to come for highbrow cat and their plans on standing him as a stallion for the public to breed to the horse of the year is kind of heating up uh crazy and tatum rice they're off to a huge lead right now obviously with the fraternity win under their belt uh boyd rice who is also third at the fraternity sitting second with 244 points tatum's leading it with 380 bad boon horizon and a don banuelos 1027 ranches horse they're sitting in third Bama Jelly, the recent Arbuckle Mountain Fraternity Champion, ridden by none other than Big A, 192 points. And uh, in fifth is Raking in the Cash and Lloyd Cox with 154 points. Caden, what horses in the standings right now for Horse of the Year are you have a target on that, that you think could potentially win it? Man, obviously all of those in the top four have a pretty good shot. I really like that Mara Boyd's. I mean, Bad Boon rising, everything that he does, he just makes everything, every situation look so easy. His move is just natural, and he makes everything easy. Uh, there's nothing else to say about old Bad Boon rising. He's a really nice horse. I like Bama Jelly, too. Cody, what about you? Proven everything. I like that horse a lot. Man, it's tough to really pick somebody early on for the horse of the year race. I mean, it's a long, long year. I guess there's you know a lot a about cuttings. Holland for that. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. One time I was successful, and the other time I ended up second. Not that there's an award for being second in the horse of the year race, but uh, it's it's a long year, and obviously these horses got to get hauled down the road. You got to worry about soundness, and it's definitely something cool to look at now, especially early on. Cutting Horse Central provides us with all these stats, and we get to look and see where everybody ranks, and it's brings up conversation and everything, but around when when you see who's really going to idaho and rancho and who's making the west coast run you can see who's really giving the horse of the year a, a big push would you say that that's pretty would you say that's pretty much the time that pretty much people decide that they're going to haul for it or just whenever you can kind of kind of tell who has the shot to win it then yeah i think usually whenever you get done with the derby uh you can see people really look towards that Everything else early on is just kind of you're going to the next cut and you're just trying to do the best you can. I think a horse uh, for us to be looking looking at, just to be keeping an eye on, is Metallic's MVP. Uh, I've I seen that horse at the Arbuckle, and he had he was last in either the first or second round, and, and he just had to try to survive to get into the finals. It was in the second round. And in, in the finals, uh, a horse stumbled once. It was just kind of a, a freak deal, but that horse is so talented. And uh, Hayden Upton, 
trained and showed it at the fraternity, and Austin Shepard is showing it now. And I, that horse looks as legit as any of the horses out there. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Austin in Fort Worth, he's always a threat, especially on that horse. I mean, a big, strong stud, beautiful roan horse like that. Definitely look out for Austin on that horse and at the Super Stakes and at the Derby especially. It's really cool how the horse of the year has become something that somebody strives for more. I don't know if that's just because we've separated it into the open, non-pro, and amateur, and we've changed point systems and stuff like that, and now we keep stats, and there's a running tally of the horse of the year points, but it's definitely been something that's been cool to keep up with the last couple of years, and especially going down the stretch to the end of the or the end of the year cuttings, we see a lot of people go to shows that they normally wouldn't just to haul for that. And I think that's a credit to the stats and stuff that CHC has brought us. And also the, the prestige of winning the horse of the year. I mean, when you're the horse of the year, you've, you're the one that's had the best year most likely. And yeah, no, the cutting horse central website, it's handy to be able, be able to get on there and see what horses won, how many points at which particular show you can get on there and see that, that raking in the cash won 42 points at the Abilene Spectacular as far as horse of the year points go. And I mean, back in the day, I know that wasn't at our disposal. You couldn't get on there and track stats that frequently. Yeah. The horse of the year has become a pretty coveted award. I would say it's cool to see who can train the best horse and see which horse can hold up through all the different kind of situations that you kind of encounter throughout the year on a show schedule standpoint. So I know out on the West Coast, they cut Mexican steers and out here around Fort Worth, this area, we generally cut heifers. So to give uh, the people a little better understanding that's maybe not familiar with it, it would be equivalent to the most valuable player in uh, professional sports. That's what the, the horse of the year kind of brings to the cutting world. Definitely. I, I would totally agree with that because obviously when that horse does win the horse of the year, it, they were the best that year. They, I mean, there's a reason that they're, they had that title. They won a bunch of championships and, and it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Pretty much who's the LeBron James of the NCHA every year. So <laughs> it's always a fun race to follow. I know that I'm, I mean, I remember Amanda CD itchy's my choice. It came down to the last round of the world final. So, Definitely yep. makes it a lot more intriguing. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo just rounded out, crowned a handful of champions there. CR got you covered. Our Open World Standings leader marked a 226 to win the Open Division. Taryn Rice in the saddle, Cole Grove Cattle Company, the owners. Coming in second place, tight fitting jeans, Bill Pierce riding for the J3 Cutting Horses, marked a 221.5 to take the reserve championship. I know I saw that horse in West Monroe. Bill was showing him in the night cuttings. Super cool horse. In the non-pro, Elizabeth Quirk and Would You and Me Baby won that championship with a 220. Reserve was Caitlin Rice riding Metallica. In the senior youth, Durango Kid and Brandon Westfall marked a 224. The Westfalls showed up to Houston in full force. I know they picked up a handful of championships while they were there. Chet Smooth and Carson Ray picked up the reserve championship in the junior youth mary hughes and cassie cherney marked a 224 to win that raisin and emma rap were in second with a 219 and a half in the 50 am spooks blue ray and sharon beach marked a 217 to capture the championship 
In the 25 novice, Russ Westfall and Durango Kid, another championship for the Westfall Ranch. 25 novice non-pro, Steve Anderson riding Little Joe Cat. In the 5 novice, none other than Russ Westfall riding CR Tough Mudder, marking a 224. In the 5 novice non-pro, Michelle Anderson and Uno Moss. In the 35 non-pro, Mackenzie Slaughter and Smooth Boo 012. And rounding out the Houston champs in the 15 amp, Trent Bailey rode Metallic Etta for the 15,000 Amateur Championship. Taryn sure has got off to a hot start. I know he's done well at Augusta and Vegas. And and Chris Hansen's been there at every show too. And I guess that's why they're probably first and second in the world standings. I think that's going to be a really fun race to watch all year. I think that's going to come down to the end of the year. I think we're going to be – counting money at the at the fraternity and at the world finals just personally i don't want to make any bold statements or bold predictions but much like the horse of the year race the world standings race it always heats up there towards the end and growing up in california i know one thing do not count out old tiny tim smith he can show <laughs> horse better than anybody one of the most beautiful picture perfect showmen on a horse i know you guys have seen him in will rogers and well i was working for tatum and kylie uh, I got a horse ready at the fraternity that Tim Smith catch rode uh, for T- Tatum, and it was pretty cool just getting to lope a horse down for Mr. Tim Smith. He's a legend, and it's a pretty cool honor. I always enjoyed watching Tim show at the fraternity. I know I remember one, one horse he showed, Smooth Peanut Butter, oh, yeah. bringing the house down. It's cool to see him up there. And the non-pro, Elizabeth Quirk, still will not admit that she's hauling. I talked to her the other day, said she's just going. She's in third place, three shows, one close to 12,000. Leading the non-pro, Allie Good, she seems to be pretty unstoppable. I know she's hauling with Taryn or has been hauling with Taryn here lately. Uh, went out to Vegas with him, went to Augusta with him. Yeah, that cat attack cat horse that she shows is super cool. I know she won ton in the youth on it. Bill won a bunch in the open on it. In second place, Mary Jo Milner, little Pepto cat. Seems like she's always in the top 10, top 15 every year of the non-professional division. So not a big surprise to see Mary Jo up there. And then none other than our very good friend Ryan Rapp coming in fourth. Have you guys ever been down and shown at Houston? I know they put on a pretty dang good show. Got a ton of volunteers bending over backwards for you everywhere you go. I know it's pretty cool to go down there. Yeah, it's it's quite the experience. It's huge. There's people everywhere. The traffic is insane, obviously, because it's in Houston, Texas. Getting in can be tough at times, but they try to accommodate you the best they can. And They have these little tractors and a pallet on the back, and you just load all your stuff out of your trailer and take it into your tax stall, and they haul it all the way in there and kind of help you get set up. I know that it does get a little crowded when people are arriving or people are leaving, but they still try to accommodate you the best they can, and they try to put on a good cut, and I know it's been... The cutting at Houston has been around for a long time, and it's kind of one of those places that everybody likes to go cut or has been there before, and they remember an awesome run, and it's definitely an iconic place in cutting history. Well, there's not many places you can go and do a bunch of extracurricular activities away from the show. I thought it was cool that you can go to the exhibit hall and see a ton of different stuff. I mean, it's not just Western stuff. There was stuff from all over the place that I thought was cool the time that I was there. The food is exceptional. The barbecue cook-off. Yeah, the barbecue cook-off, the concerts. The show's always over in time for everyone to go to the rodeo. So at the time that I went to Houston, it was phenomenal. 
It's definitely a show. If you're hauling for that year, you're going to Houston Livestock Show to show your cutting horse. Did you guys see that awesome recliner Tatum Rice was sitting in after he won the Futurity? Yes. I sure did. Brumball's Furniture has been donating a great leather recliner to the NCHA Open Champion for a number of years, and Brumball's continues to be a loyal sponsor of the NCHA. As you come into Fort Worth, stop by and see all that Brumball's has to offer. Furniture for your entire home, as well as a huge selection of rugs. Look, I have sat on a ton of couches in my day, and I can tell you firsthand the best sofa I have sat on is one that my parents purchased at Brumball's when I was in high school. This sofa is not only big and comfortable, it also matches the western theme of my parents' home. Brumballs gives great service and really appreciates and understands the horse industry and is glad to serve the best in-home furnishings. With the Cattlemen starting up this week, what do you guys think about the quick turnaround between the last several shows? I know we had the Ike and then came back, had a couple days, then they started up with the Bonanza. And then there was like, what, one day? Then one or two, yeah. yeah. started up with the Arbuckle Mountain Futurity in Ardmore. Come home for about a week, and you got the Cattlemen's Derby just getting started up today, as a matter of fact. So what do you guys think about picking and choosing which shows you have to go to? I know, I mean, with these four-year-olds, it's hard to press them that hard and, and put that many runs that close together. So what do you guys think about the, the close proximity of the shows? There has been some uh, of these trainers that have have been to, to all four, but it's definitely something that you have to keep in mind and strategize what you're going to do and where you're going to go because it is a, a it is hard on some of these horses to be going that much and be shown that much. Yeah, it sure is tough, especially, I mean, just like we've been talking about the horse of the year and the world standings. I mean, starting these young horses off with these many shows is definitely a tough deal, and that's why you see it. A lot of people that do pick and choose which show they go to, whether it's closer to the house or whether they like the ground or the cows or whatever. I mean, obviously, going to these many shows, we have little things that we like about each one and things that we prefer. And it's what it comes down to is all these ones right back, back to back to back to back that you see people choosing and deciding which ones to go to and which not to go to. Cody, uh, explain to everybody what goes in for the lopers and what all they have to to handle just give give people a little bit of an idea of what it's tough man you got to get the feed the supplements the equipment splint boots blankets i mean you got to get all that stuff ready and it doesn't change when it's in the summertime either because instead of the blankets and all that other stuff you have to get the fans or misters or you know the porta cools that we all set up at at the derby and or the heaters which or, you'll need this week at the cattlemen's <laughs> exactly it's tough you gotta and you gotta go through a checklist and almost get to where it's second nature that you remember all that stuff and obviously we always end up forgetting stuff well and, and not to mention the stuff that you're not planning on happening scratches or well, yeah. any other extenuating circumstances that go along with having horses these shows that are going on right now they are going on for about 10 days to give people a little bit of an idea Usually, in these bigger programs, it's about 15, 16-hour days for the lopers to get in there early to get, get everything fed and then making sure the horses are ready to work the first standby or the first priority. And, and then it's just it's never stopping all day long. Uh, you just usually get to stop to get a bite to eat, and, and you got to keep going. And, and then by the end of the day, it's sometimes 8 o'clock when you're done, and it's sometimes later than that, but 
then some days you're you still have boots left to to wash and scrub and sometimes you have wraps that still need to go in the washer and you still got to get them in the dryer and then you don't end up going to sleep till 11 o'clock at night and you got to be back up at four or five o'clock in the morning and and then you got to start the day over a lot of the trainers programs rely on the lopers to be prepared and, and to handle a lot of the situations so that the trainers don't have to handle because the trainers already have a lot on their plate worrying about getting the horses prepared. Amen, CBL. I think a lot more goes into it rather than just driving to the show and unloading the horses and saddling them up and loping them and walking to the herd that I know as an owner and an amateur that I never really even thought about. And like you say, Colburn, there's nights where they don't get to bed till midnight and they're waking up at 3 o'clock, 3.30 the next morning working horses for the first set the next day. So definitely want to shout out all the lopers here coming at the end of this little four-show gauntlet because working in the cold and the fog and the rain is definitely tough. tough. And it seems like we'll just we'll just go straight into the heat. It seems like, too, there's not really much of a break. Definitely shout out all the lopers behind the scene. We see you. Along with cutting, another thing all three of us are extremely passionate about is sports, whether it be the NBA, the NFL, NCAA football, March Madness, the PGA. We are generally in tune and following along. And along with cutting, that's one of the things that had molded this friendship that we all have, and, and so we wanted to bring that to you guys and talk about a little sports hot takes or um, something that's going on in the sporting world right now that we thought was interesting and we've all discussed ourselves along with cutting we want to have something past the time and i mean i know it shows shout out colin chartier he's always checking the michigan scores big a and kate are always wondering what alabama's up to steve ohio state just because cutting is everything we do and is in our life at 24 7 we also have other things that we like to keep up with and and be fans of for me, sports is a good place for me uh, to implement a lot of the things you see or the uh, players. I can resonate a lot of it with riding horses. Just some of the people that they talk about their work ethic and what it takes to be a champion. If you really go in and listen to what they have to say, if you can implement what they're saying and try to work like they do, It'll help you in the long run, and I and I that's a, that's one thing. The reason I love baseball so much is because it's it's such a hard sport to play, and showing a cutting horse is hard enough, and to train a cutting horse is even harder, and you have to be so mentally strong to to be able to get a horse trained. And in in, in baseball, you fail seven out of the ten times out of and those you're a hall of famer. Times, yeah, you get. If you're getting a hit three out of the ten times, you're making the Hall of Fame. And, and showing a horse, when you go go to these shows, it's not about having a 70% winning percentage getting to the finals. I mean, it's it's down about being a 35% winning percentage of getting your horses is that the top riders are getting into it. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can implement in sport that will help you drive your success in cutting or in whatever your job title is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Colburn. I think both the sports world and the cutting horse world, it's just all about the grind and 
what these trainers and what these pro athletes put into their craft and put into improving their craft. And I think that's why we're so intrigued by cutting and so intrigued by sports night in and night out and who's hitting a buzzer beater here or who's throwing for 500 yards there. Speaking of throwing 500 yards. You think Kyler Murray's going to go number one? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I mean, he's he's obviously not a popular pick because he's, what, 5'10 and, and an eighth, apparently, and he weighs 207. And he's not your prototypical quarterback. Yes, I completely understand. But where the situation works for him, I feel like, right now, Cliff Kingsbury, just recently hired as the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, is all about Kyler Murray. And not just because the clip that was put out about him talking about Kyler Murray and drafting him number one if he had the pick. It's more of the style of offense that Cliff runs. I mean, it fits Kyler to a T. And I know if he could have traded everybody that he's had, besides probably Patrick Mahomes, he would have wanted Kyler Murray. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury's quarterbacks have done well in the NFL too. I mean, he's got a fast spread style offense that we've seen Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes use and have some success in. I do not think he's going to go first overall because I think Quinn and Williams is going to go first overall. The Alabama defensive lineman clocked in a 4-8-7 40-yard dash. Not to mention the guy weighs, he weighs 303 pounds. That's, That's fast. A fast, he's, he's, large human being. <laughs> so Cowboys. I realize it's a quarterback-driven league, but – with a guy like that, how do you pass up? I mean, that's generational talent right there. You're not going to come across a guy in next year's draft or the next year's draft or probably even the next year's draft after that that's going to have that kind of speed, that kind of quickness, and that size and stature. So I definitely agree with you. I watched Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes slice and dice the Big 12 for years as a TCU Horned Frog fan, and – I definitely think Cliff Kingsbury would be an idiot if he passed up Kyler Murray, but Cody, who would you rather have, Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray? It's a really good question, man. I mean, honestly, Baker Mayfield right now because we've seen it in action. He's one. It's he's one on this stage, and that's I would say Baker just because he's thicker. I mean, he's just a big. He's built stronger than Ky- I'm worried about Kyler I think he's gonna have some trouble taking some hits at the next level I really do just because the over pursuit at the next level isn't what it is at the college level there's not gonna be as many guys that he's just leaving in the dust like he was at OU shout out big 12 defenses yeah but he's faster than Kyler's faster than Baker true right? what has he run his 40 yet uh, I don't or know no, he didn't he didn't do anything at the combine besides interviews that's right he Set everything out besides interviews. He's just going to do it all at the pro day. Kyler Murray is a very interesting uh, topic. I I think there's a lot of things to like about him, and I think the only thing for people to have a negative opinion about him is that he is small. And you can't – that's an easy thing for the scouts to look at and say, oh, well, he's small, he can't play. But, man, in college, that's – that sucker was unbelievable. It was so fun to watch him. In college, uh, in high school, that guy was unbelievable. He won like yeah, three state true. championships at the 5A level. He's probably the – I mean, he is the best high school quarterback to ever come through the state of Texas. So, if he succeeded at the next level, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. What do you think about him leaving the Oakland A's high and dry CBL? I know you're a big baseball fan, AL West. His decision to go to football is probably smarter. I mean, he's getting a lot more money quick. And it's such, it's so hard, even though he got drafted ninth overall, 
in baseball, he's still going to have to grind out potentially three to five more years. It's still not promising that, that he would make it because, I mean, yeah, he maybe can hit a fastball, but trying to hit a fastball that's 95 to 100 plus and then trying to hit a curveball that's coming at, coming at you at 84 miles an hour, uh, it's tough. Football, I mean, geez, it's just as tough as, as baseball. But it, once a, a college athlete has gotten through college and played football, they're usually ready to go and play in the NFL, and it's just not the case in baseball. Well, it's got to be tough going from college football ranks and even college baseball ranks. I mean, I'm a huge TCU baseball fan, and to a certain extent they put those guys on a pedestal even. But I can't imagine winning the Heisman, being the best player in college football, and then having to drop back down into a farm system with an MLB team. I mean, start riding buses. 17 hours everywhere. I mean, it's just like in high school when you had to ride in the bus. I mean, it's crazy. That would be the main reason why I would be out on on the MLB, just because, I mean, you're you're on a fast track in the NFL to be a star. Right off, you get drafted, you sign a deal with Nike, and immediately you got cameras in your face at training camp, at mini camp. As far as the MLB goes, I mean, Tim Tebow even don't really hear much of I mean, yeah, you hear about him, but he's in the Mets minor league. Yeah, but yeah, he's in, I think he's in AAA now, but he rode buses places. He stayed in terrible motels places. I mean, that I would suck. That would for suck. A nice hotel, though. I bet he's got enough money he probably could pay for a nice hotel, but he's... I actually read an article the other day that he made a huge point with the Mets organization that he wanted to be treated just like the regular yeah. Joe Schmo prospect. That's cool. That's cool. Like he didn't want any special treatment. And the, th- and the thing about Tim Tebow there is it just Tim Tebow is a different breed than everybody else. He's got a lot of money and he's had a successful life. And, and for him to say that and do that, I mean... There's not many people that would want to do that. Did you guys see uh, Bryce Harper's contract? 13 years, $330 million hairs. No opt-outs, no trade clause, richest contract. That's in what's history. insane to me. No trade clauses. Like He had, a, opt-outs. He had I mean, a down it's... year last year. Like What if he has three more down years and it's terrible? And he still gets paid. $25 million for the next 13 years. I've seen a deal that he said where – he just wanted to get to a place where he knew all he had to do was play baseball and not be people asking if he was going to play for the New York Yankees the next year. I just think Bryce Harper, he's had the spotlight on him since he was 16 years old. He hit a he hit a home run in Tropicana Field that went viral when he was 16. They hit off the back wall in right field. He and then he he graduated high school early and went to junior college. When he was 17 years old, went there for two years and then got drafted. And he's just been in the spotlight for so long. Uh, and, and there's always been what he could be. And there's almost to an extent, I mean, that his contract is kind of what he could be. And what he could be is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. But there's been a lot of things that have happened while he's been in the major leagues that would say otherwise. What if you could get Mike Trout? Would you sign him for any one of those contracts? Yes. I would I would sign Mike Trout for four hundred and fifty million for fifteen years. <laughs> that yeah, guy, as a Ranger it, fan, we've watched that guy destroy baseballs against us for the last several years, so I agree, CBL. And that Mike Trout is the, the is one of the most unbelievable baseball players that 
I, I, I will ever get to see. He's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time if he, if he can stay healthy. Before we go, are you looking for your next ranch? Well, look no further than Joe Borhan. Joe has been involved with cutting for over 25 years, and whether it's owning, training, or hauling horses all over the country, you name it, Joe's done it. And if you're looking for a small little ranch with a barn and a house, talk to Joe. If you're looking for some more acreage with a full-blown training operation, talk, talk to, to Joe. Joe. Living in the North Texas area for over 25 years has given Joe a vast knowledge of the country, which will help him find the best spot to fit you. But Joe isn't just your run-of-the-mill farm and ranch realtor. He will also help you find a house in town or even some investment property. Hey, amigo. Yeah? ¿Necesitas un agente de bienes races que habla español? Habla con Joe. Wait, what? Joe knows Spanish. Wow. Yep. Joe knows Spanish, he knows English, and he knows real estate. So if you're looking for a second ranch while you're in Fort Worth at the Cutting, or you're looking for your next forever home, you guessed it. Talk to Joe. Talk to Joe. Working under the Century 21 Judge Fight Real Estate Agency and covering the greater North Texas area, including Weatherford, Alito, and Fort Worth, Joe is waiting to help you find your dream home. You can find Joe on Facebook and Instagram. That's Joe, J-O-E, Borhan, B-O-R-J-O-N, Realtor. Or you can give him a call at 940-507-0457. Again, that's 940-507-0457. And when you talk to Joe, tell him the guys at Section K sent you. That's going to round out the show for today. Be sure and follow along on the Section K Podcast Facebook page, as well as our Instagram, at Section K Podcast. We also wanted to invite everyone to join us in a March Madness pool coming up. March Madness in the NCAA basketball tournament starting up here right around March 17th, right there around St. Patrick's Day, I believe. We have started a pool on ESPN, and we want to encourage everyone to create a bracket, fill out a bracket, pick some teams, make picks depending on which team color you like or which mascot you think would win in a fight in real life. Fill out a bracket, follow along throughout the tournament. The winner of the Section K podcast bracket pool will be receiving some highly coveted Section K merch. Log into ESPN, create an ESPN account, and follow the link on our Facebook page. One of the best times of the year is March Madness Basketball. So again, thanks for following along. Hit us up in our email at sectionkpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. We'll be seeing you guys down the road. See you guys. Adios. And here again, kicked up by another cap rock wind. City glow had hadn't killed all the stars, but they fade from the lights of the depot's bars. Windmills roll on the edge of town, and you can smell that money soaked up from the ground. Railroads don't run around the hub no more. 
And the towns are welcome signs are flashing out at all the liquor stores. Yeah, we love it out here. We wound up in the middle of nowhere. When people ask me, I just tell them, wild nights and these women, they can't compare. And the love moves fast, yeah, but progress is slow. Six-year diplomas I will have to show. If you have any time to spare, come forget a few nights with us out here. We're in the middle of nowhere. Buddy Holly, show me what this town can make I pray someday I'll follow in his wake Heard how people go to Nashville to make it big I'd rather sit here and drink till my next gig And I won't forget the roots that got me where I'll be They'll be clinging to the panhandle just like me Waiting to survive the next winter storm And waiting on a West Texas girl to love me right and keep me warm Yeah, we love it out here, we wound up in the middle of nowhere When people ask me, I just tell them Wild nights and these women, they can't compare And the love moves fast, yeah, but progress is slow Six-year diplomas I will have to show If you have any time to spare Come forget a few nights with us out here We're in the middle of nowhere Now I've seen the northern lights as they dance above that white Yukon Even seen a red sunrise on a Sierra Madre mountain dawn But out here on Lone Farm Roads a stranger gives me a friendly wave And something stirs inside my soul that the whiskey itself can't even say Tomorrow at Ranch House Cafe I know I'll see smiling faces And have a laughter long thereafter in a warm and welcome places Late into the night, we'll get loud and drink inside And that's what I say to the others when they ask me why I tell them, yeah we love it out here We wound up in the middle of nowhere When people ask me, I just tell them Wild nights and these women, they can't compare And the love moves fast, yeah but progress is slow Six year diplomas I will have to show If you have any time to spare Come forget a few nights with us out here We're in the middle of nowhere